We are back for another episode of Disruptive Voices of the Pacific. My name is Letitia Shelton. Today I'm with uh, the manager of Lifeline Fiji, Jerry, his name is. I don't know everyone's second names because they're usually really long and hard to pronounce. So, Jerry, hello. Bulavanaka, Letitia. Thank you for having me today. How long have you been at Lifeline and what actually is your role? Um, I've been uh, with Lifeline since uh, 2000, early 2016, late 2015. Um, I started off with a cry, as a crisis support worker uh, and uh, currently I'm holding the um, manager position at Lifeline Fiji. And doing a great job. Yesterday you had me come in and we did some training with your team on how to be able to take calls with people who are dealing with porn addiction. Uh, this is the first time you've done this training. How was that for you and your team? Um, well, it was uh, for us it was very informative. Um, one of the things that we have realised over the years is... Uh, people that call in to the line and have been going through issues of porn, uh, porn or porn addictions. Uh, for us, we uh, categorize it as a ch- uh, challenging calls. Uh, and uh, most of the time that these calls comes in, um, a lot of our support workers wouldn't know how to respond to it. Um, but we have a criteria on how to respond and uh, drop the call. Uh, but. Uh, yesterday was the first time ever for us to go through training on uh, on how to respond uh, to these uh, callers, and um, it was eye opening. It was eye opening. Uh, um, not only uh, you know how to respond to these callers, but one of the thing is that just seeing the statistics that are that are available and how people are you know uh, so addicted to porn. Uh, one of the things that came out from our conversation yesterday after the training was that uh, uh, most of our volunteers were shocked that Fiji was on the top four uh, uh, country that Google's, uh, Google's porn. Uh, so it is challenging, um, for, especially for us at the support line, and just seeing you know, uh, how can we be of help for those who call in uh, for support. That's great. It's always good to be upskilled. Now you you have a um, 24-hour helpline, 1543. It's a toll-free number. Um, you're taking calls constantly. Uh, what are some of the main issues that people from around Fiji are calling in with? Um, well, when uh, when uh, when Fijians call onto the support line, uh, they uh, they call in. Uh, Anonymous, eh? uh, as when they when they're calling. So one of the things that uh, one of the few issues that we would receive uh, is one of it is uh, finance people that are going through financial constraints, uh, people um, uh, that are going through um, relationship issues, uh, couples that are going through divorce uh, process, um, people that are having just high expectations. Um, from uh, from family members because of their school uh, school things or studies and things like that, but one of the main things that have been coming over uh, that has been consistent is relationship issues, and um, um, you know just just sitting on yesterday training you know just opens up another layer of you know trying to respond okay on you in your relationship issues. 
what is exactly going on and um, and it's something that uh, really needs to be dwell, dwell on and and so that pe- Fijians are able to express and also talk about whatever they go through but for for issues that are called uh, into the line yeah even for now one of the things that have been coming up is uh, people that are wanting uh, still in need of food rations uh, and things like that hmm. Is it hard for your councillors to take call after call of distress? I mean, how do you manage um, their health and well-being and yours as well? Um, well, yes. Um, for um, for our support officers, um, it is hard. Um, we have a total number of uh, 10 support officers that respond to the line uh, rosterly uh, for, for the whole of the year. Um, we don't have a huge number and one of the things that we have found is that uh, post-COVID as well and during and post-COVID we have had a lot of calls that have been coming in and for our support officers, uh, officers um, sometimes if they don't really uh, take care of themselves mentally uh, emotionally as well they get drained out uh, burnt out with the call, amount of callers that come calls that comes into the support line uh, so what we what we're trying to do is trying to get a uh, safety net even for them when they're going through distress or having going through a distress caller um, and we, uh, we one of the things that we would tell them if you have at least three distress calls a day that's enough for you um, and uh, with these calls that are coming in um, what I, uh, what I would say is that even though that we are in the new normal now, even though that we are trying to get into things that is happening post-COVID, a lot of people are still struggling. And we having, you know, cases that are coming in that uh, um, domestic violence that are increasing, uh, other issues that are increasing. And it's something that um, uh, even for our support officers, we need to upscale them every, every time. And uh, for that, we are grateful that we have you know, likes of Lifeline Australia that are there. Um, you coming over yesterday for training. And we also uh, acknowledge, you know, the support that are around that uh, we would uh, send our uh, support officers to just to get upskilled, uh, j- especially with the issues that are arising in Fiji. Mm. Now, unlike Australia, a huge percentage of Fijians still turn up to church every Sunday. So they're engaged in a spiritual community. They'll have pastors, leaders over them. Um, but why aren't they going to their churches for help? I mean, some would, but the majority of them, why would they not go to their churches for help? Because a lot of those things you've described, I would first of all go to my spiritual leaders. Um, well, thank you. Uh, that is a very good question. <laughs> um, well, um, church is a controlled environment. Church. Um, uh, you know, um, not only church, but all religious organizations or religious uh, believe, uh, uh, spaces are controlled environments. Eh? And uh, people are expected to act a certain way, um, show a certain things, live a certain way. And they're expected to be spiritual and, you know, nothing has to be going on with them. And and uh, it's just hard for, you know, for for especially for us Fijians, to show our leaders or our pastors that we are going through things. 
because as you know there's there's always a language that is used around these areas because it's a controlled environment and once we get out of that control environment and we are in an uncontrolled environment where no people is looking at us uh, we are on our own we are in our safe space uh, well one of the things we have to realize that the church is supposed to be a safe space but people are having their safe spaces everywhere uh, uh, you know everywhere else and um, i believe that you know um, for for us Fijians, this is something that we are still trying to come to terms and that we are we're still trying to uh, demarcate where the help lies and for us we always like to take things on our own um, we have this culture of silence that we live with and I believe this is not only in Fiji but across the globe as well where um, you're not allowed to talk about what you go through you're not allowed to uh, do this you're not allowed to do that and um, and uh, one of the things that I've also realized not not just bad-mouthing the church but one of the things that I've observed as well is in the church our leaders have become you know these kind of people that you're they're just untouchables uh, and uh, as uh, and for for most of them, they always like to be served. Uh, and there lies that gap where, you know, as congregations coming in, as people coming in, we see those that are on these uh, on these places as uh, as higher enough that we have to serve them. But it has to be the other way around. Uh, and uh, and I think that is uh, that is one thing. Uh, um, church has become like a controlled environment where people have to act or do a certain things to be in that. And if they are not, they are not part of that uh, on, on on that spaces. And uh, I also believe that um, a lot, um, you know, um, in time that the the church have lost its touch on having safe spaces for individuals that are going through issues to come by to um, take whatever they're going through uh, to the to the church so that they can get healed and go through things as well mm. yeah. no, that's a great insight and um, i'll be taking that with me tonight as i go train at a church um, because as a pastor myself it grieves me that um, i see pastors wanting to be served because we're here to represent jesus who came to serve and to me, the church should be the most, um, I mean, we're full of sinners. <laughs> and so the most truthful uh, place where sinners can come, get help, be honest, because we're all dealing with stuff, but instead we put on our Sulus and ties and go to church and pretend nothing's going on. And that's why places like you, um, I think of the medical services of the Pacific, Women's Fiji Crisis Centre, all these groups, they're great, uh, but to me, they're essentially doing the work of the church and we could help lift your load <laughs> if the church became more involved. And so you'll notice on this podcast, I've been interviewing a number of church leaders who are seeking to serve and reach the community and uh, they're the ones that we really want to promote. Now, your vision here at Lifeline is to have a mentally healthy Fiji. <laughs> That's a huge vision. I love it. What does that look like for you? Um one of the uh, one of the uh, component that we run with especially when doing uh, community awareness or is for Fijians to have an emotionally resilient uh, spirit um, we know that you know uh, for for someone to be um, uh, to be resilient 
it's not only things to do uh, with uh, with our brain on our mind and how we think but it's something emotional as well uh you have to be strong emotionally uh so that you can carry on to things you know one of the things that we always talk about uh, in doing trainings is that when we talk about uh, when we talk about ideas and thoughts these are two different things when we talk about emotions and feelings these are two different things and it's important that we uh, we realize our capacity as humans as a, uh, as Fijians as you know uh, a boy a girl or someone you know here uh, that we all have a purpose uh, and one of the things that we also talk about a lot is that one one you once you realize that you're a uh, you're a police officer second once you realize that you're a pastor second once you realize you that you're a manager second or a teacher or a doctor second you have to realize that you're human first and you have to have that in mind that you have to be first of all you have to have the mental capacity, emotional capacity, and also the spiritual capacity to carry you through. And these three things goes together. Uh, and you have to be um, and you have to be spiritually connected uh, so that you can discern whatever is coming away. And also with that you have to be emotionally stable and mentally focused. And that is something that we are always trying to raise awareness uh, on in the ground whenever we are when we are, whenever we have a chance to go and raise awareness on mental health. Very good. What would you say is one of the biggest barriers to being emotionally healthy in Fiji? Or, or your top three? <laughs> uh, one of the biggest barriers is that, you know, we have, uh, you know, outside of Fiji or wherever you go, um, we have, uh, everyone has been told that Fiji is the way the world should be. Um, and uh, it has come to know uh, that saying alone has been put for, you know, even for us Fijians, whatever we go through, whatever we are facing, we have to be showing smiley faces that we, everything is going well. But really inside, we are going through a lot. And I believe that is something that we fail to do as Fijians. We fail to acknowledge that we are going through situations, we are going through issues, we are facing difficulties. So that, you know, once you start acknowledging that you have this, you starting taking a step forward into realizing your uh, your capacities and your uh, you know your capabilities as well. And uh, as for a Fijian, uh, you know. Um, I, for myself, uh, I am an Ethiopian uh, person who grew up in the village, and uh, I I know how to you know if you go through things, bottle it up, um, sw- swallow your saliva, don't show tears, and you know one of the things that I've realized you know over the years is that it's okay to cry, it's okay to show tears, it's so it's okay to show emotion, and one of the things that I have realized actually is it's okay to show people that you you fail. Because that encourages you to move forward. I don't think you're a human unless you fail. Um, And I think even in our culture, we've created a culture where failure is bad. Um, But I'm really encouraging uh, wherever I speak, um, we're free to fail, especially as Christians. (laughs) And we will. Uh, And it doesn't mean we're any less um, or any worse. Now, you... um, there's a big suicide crisis in Fiji, isn't there? What, what's driving this? 
Well, um, suicide, um, suicide in Fiji is a huge uh, uh, issue nowadays. Even um, um, over the over the years, one of the things that we have seen is the um, rising number of suicide every year. Last year we had. Uh, um, Last year, we just had uh, around 75 cases of completed cases of suicide. Uh, from January to um, uh, January to August, um, August, and now we have like uh, double the number of that uh, so far. Um, suicide is something that we always say that it is impulsive, and uh, we don't know what the person is going through. We don't know how the person is thinking, feeling. Um, and you know someone can be good now and then a few few minutes time going through a lot of emotions and you don't know what can the person do next and um, I uh, and I believe you know with the people are going through a lot like what I've said earlier on you have to acknowledge that you are going through things and for us Fijians we have bottled up a lot of things that we 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 just don't talk about it and we just don't share about it and and that is important it is important that you find people that you can share this to and that's why you know there are services available like the Empire Pacific uh, like the medical services Pacific we have the religious organizations that are there we have lifeline we have you know um, we don't if we don't have a lot of support nets on the ground, and for the support nets that we think that are our support nets are the very uh, people that are chasing us away, and I would say they're led freely because um, even for you know even for someone who have been closely working with uh, NGO sectors and also because um, I'm very well involved with my church as well. One of the things that we have seen is that it is hard for people to go and reach out for help with their churches or their church leaders or their youth leaders or their men's leaders or women's leaders. They would rather go to a friend who doesn't, uh, friend, a trusted friend, just to go share this or even a stranger just to share those things up. But they, they can't go to a place where... You know they should uh, they should go, and I believe that is something that we have to create. You know, as um, as uh, uh, as humans, as religious organizations, we have to create safe spaces where people, when they go through things, they know that okay, I can go to this person, I can trust this one, I can go to this person, I can go to uh, uh, for support. Um, the the NGO sectors can't do it alone. Uh, the government can't do it alone. We need everyone. Uh, we really we need the religious organizations, the Muslim, Hindus, uh, Fijian churches, uh, to come together and provide uh, a support net for everyone that is going through crisis. Yeah, yeah, it takes a village, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, and I do find it weird sometimes because you're a community culture, but then it's not always. Um, you might live together and laugh together, but there's not always the um, being honest together. As we finish, um, how can churches really help Lifeline? What, what, in what ways can they get involved? What are your needs here? Um, for, for us at Lifeline, um, well, to, to start off, uh, Lifeline started off from a Methodist church. Um, and over the years, it uh, one of the things that uh, it uh, one of the things that our leaders saw that um, 
um, the religion, uh, religious banner kind of um, stopped people from reaching out to Lifeline. And um, they thought to uh, register it as an NGO. Uh, and once they registered it as an NGO, as a neutral uh, organization, they saw that people start uh, coming into Lifeline for support. And, uh, you know, even for that, that, that speaks volume. Um, and we should, we should change how people view us as religious, uh, religious organizations. And um, for us at Lifeline, one of our main issues is funding. Um, we provide a 24-7 crisis support line. Um, we are not funded. Um, we, pro we organize fundraising events uh, to support the line and also to uh, all our, uh, our support officers, they are paid a minimum of uh, the minimum of uh, allowances every week. Uh, and um, we, uh, one of the things that we do is that we are doing this for passion and uh, it's something that we love that uh, to save, uh, especially save Fijians uh, when they're going through uh, suicidal ideation. And um, we need prayers. We need support, uh, and um, if there's, uh, there are you know religious organizations, um, are they helping out? Um, you know, with resources, anything. Um, Lifeline is uh, uh, in need of uh, resources as well. No, wonderful. Well, thank you for all that you do. Um, your office is here in Thurston Street in the PCC building, so drop by, talk to Jerry. It would be great to see churches get behind um, this important organisation that, as I said, essentially does a lot of the work that we'd love to see the church doing. Um, and so anyway, we've got to all work together. So thank you, Jerry, for your time. I know you've got a busy day ahead, but um, keep up the great work. Easily. I see your suffering, I see the pain beneath that bull of smile. Come out from hiding, the sun is rising. Let the islands hear reason. Let